Well, hello, hello, hello. This is Charles coming to you from the Until You Win podcast. And it's been several weeks. If you were listening to this sequentially, um, I did have uh, back surgery and I am just now getting over it and back up to sitting at my uh, table and beginning my discussions again about uh, the season one and what we're doing. And I am just excited to be back. It is, uh, I'm actually recording this on the 4th of October. And if you guys know what's going on today, many of us are wondering what the heck is happening in the world today. Because Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp are all down for the first time since I think any of us can ever remember. And a lot of people are like, what are we doing? Where can we get our information? You know, and, uh, it's just kind of an interesting day. So we are on season one, episode seven, and this is the series episode eight of uh, my journey in the home-based solopreneur um, enterprises and where I am. So we went through my professional work career. Um, as many of you know, I was in the military. I worked for uh, the state of California I'm a nurse by trade, but have done a lot of things, retired recently as a healthcare executive. And uh, so now I'm uh, doing this podcast and I'm doing some training on YouTube and on Facebook, which I can't get onto, which makes it very difficult. And I'm going to be looking for an alternative platform to post all my stuff to. But I am going through my um, history. So I went through over my professional career with you and then uh, my um, journeys through PAMCO and APCO, which was a business that my dad and I were partners in with another guy. And then we broke off, had our portion, which was the APCO company. And then um, I went back to work and um, got in, um, got um, introduced to Amway. And then from there went into Excel Communications and then the People's Networks along with a Laundry Ball and Hard, uh, hard Water Magnet. And then we ended our last uh, episode with my uh, experience, my short experience in prepaid legal. And that brings us current to um, my next venture, which it took a couple of years after I got out of prepaid legal. I kind of took a break for a while. And uh, early 2001, 2002-ish, um, my ex-wife and I decided that we were going to get involved in a helmet company. And, you know, we um, had never done anything like this. So this was the first self-started business. If you recall in the past, my dad and I had done quite a bit together. And he was always kind of the, the financial person. And we kept all that stuff up to date. And this was the first time I had to do everything from scratch. And it was really just kind of an interesting twist uh, we had a motorcycle and every year we would go to uh, Street Vibrations up in Reno, Nevada. And it's a big biker convention. And every year that we showed up, we always saw that there were all these vendors. And we really liked the biking industry and we enjoyed going for rides. And uh, all of our family had motorcycles. Um, and we would go on family trips together and we would take our... our um, RVs and our motorcycles with us and we would go cruising around and just really enjoying everything. And so 
we decided that we would get involved in a company called, and we and we named it Helmet Bling. And our idea idea was that we would buy um, helmets from China and have them shipped over, and then we would create designs using um, right like the the cheap Sikorsky crystals, right? So that um, it would just kind of bling the helmet out. And we had different designs with crosses and roses and um, all different sorts of things. We didn't do custom. It was all pre-done. Um, and, you know, it was uh, everything was done by hand. And it was just something that we were doing on the side to do something. And we figured we could go to some of these rallies and we would um, sell our helmets. And... You know, when you first get into something like this, you're like, oh my gosh, this sounds so cool. This like, And then we begin to get into some realizations of what was really going on and how much it really cost and the time it took to do stuff. And um, the best part was that we owned the business ourselves. We were our own boss. We, we worked when we wanted to work or when we didn't want to work. And the difficult part was that we had to get the product in from China. We did a lot of, uh, bought a lot of samples and had those shipped over. And uh, we did work through the process of getting everything that we needed. And then the long process of gluing on these rhinestones. And we had to figure out exactly how to do it. What, um, what process could we get that would make it simpler and faster? And we, again, you got to remember, the internet was really, even in, in two, early 2002, it was still in its infancy. It was not what we know of the internet today. It's not like you could just open a store um, just quick and simply. It just wasn't something that was really easy to do. Um, and we were, we were very, very um, financially naive is the best word to put it we didn't realize like the outlay and cost that it was going to cost us um setting up a website was just a bear i mean if you guys remember back then um creating a website was not what you see is what you get i'm trying to think i had um don't even remember um dream weaver i think is what it was called it it just was so hard be honest with you and it just was not the easy way to get a website up so we really didn't have a website up Um, we had a small website that talked about us how to get in touch with us Um, never really got any calls we didn't know how to run advertising to it Um, it was just this tedious process and then when we um, were looking for booths we, we began to learn like it costs 500, 500 to $1,000 uh, per event to have a booth. And then you had to have your bring all your own stuff. You had to have your own canopy, your own signage, your own, like if you want electricity, you had to bring all your stuff to, um, to tie into that. And it, we, we never made it to a point where we could actually get to an event. Um, we had problems with the, with getting the crystals to stick. The glue that we were using at 
the very beginning wasn't working. And then we tried some super glues and those weren't working. And we didn't know about Gorilla Glue at the time. I don't even know if Gorilla Glue was out at the time, but, but that would have been the best thing that we ever um, got. And then um, as we were beginning to realize that maybe this just wasn't for us to do a, a business like that, we um, shut everything down. And about a year and a half later, we get nailed with um, some... Uh, tax fines from the franchise tax board here in California because it did because we didn't file taxes correctly because we started a business but then we didn't pay the the deposit tax that you need to the franchise tax board and then we didn't file our taxes correctly and we thought because we hadn't even been open a year that it just wouldn't matter but because we got a business license you see where this is going like this rabbit hole that you go down that you don't know um, when you're doing a network marketing, multi-level marketing business, um, you're using your own social security number and you're getting a 1099 from uh, the company that you work with. So you don't have to worry about anything other than reporting your 1099 taxes until you get to a point where you need to hire an accountant who's going to help get your business set up and you're going to hopefully form an LLC and do everything appropriate. It's just little tiny things that for for me was one on top of the next, on top of the next, on top of the next, on top of the next. It just seemed to compound. And I know I got overwhelmed and I really missed not having my dad around um, for the first time. That really kind of hit me hard because, you know, he was one who helped with the, he, he always had the tax stuff done. He, he, did, he had done taxes for years. He had done accounting for years. He was the, um, at the time, they called him the comptroller, right? Now they call him chief financial officers, but he that's what he did for a lot of companies. And he did that whole model of uh, fractional CFO for companies. So he never worked full-time for anybody, but he always kept everybody's books and he always knew what was going on. Well, it's something that I really missed out on, to be honest with you. It just was something that was like, it was needed, I didn't know how to how to do some things, and you know, lesson learned for sure. I, I learned a lot, and I knew that before I ever did a new business like that, I, I'd make sure I'd have all my ducks in a row. And so for me, for, uh, for me the takeaways from this entire thing were, um, you really have to have a good tax person um, or an accountant that helps you get everything set up. Right? You need to have that person who knows the law. For whatever state you're you're in, I don't know what state you're in. And right now I live in California and I hope to leave California soon. And, you know, who knows where I'll set up a, a um, my corporation at some point, which I know that I'm going to do. But it's just something that you've got to make sure that you cross those T's and dot those I's um, unless you know the stuff. And if you do, that's that's great. More power to you. And I think you should keep doing the things that you're doing. So that was uh, one of our big takeaways. Um, you know, make sure that you keep all your tax. That, that was one time that I had I had more of my tax stuff kept appropriately. When it came time, the, the problem was I had it. And because we didn't claim it, we didn't keep the information. So then when the franchise tax board came back after me, I was able to go, well, here, look at my losses and here's my stuff. 
because we thought, well, we'll just close it down and won't, you know, report. Well, that wasn't the right thing to do either. So make sure you keep your tax documents for the time set, which is at least three years. Some people say five, but make sure you keep them because you want to make sure you have everything. I know that I have uh, my tax stuff that I give to my uh, tax gal and she just does everything and she's wonderful at it. And, uh, so anyway, make sure you set up a plan so that you don't get behind on your state and federal um, taxes and that you're, um, you don't get in a bind at a later time. So I'm, I'm glad to be back. I am looking forward to uh, getting our podcast up and running uh, for the next uh, several weeks. We have, uh, in this series, we have, let's see here, we have two, three, four, five, six, about seven, maybe eight episodes left in this uh, first season, and we have some good stuff coming up that we're going to have fun. Uh, I'm going to have fun talking about, and uh, some other network marketing companies I got involved. I, I've I've been a serial entrepreneur, solopreneur. Um, I love the field, and um, I think I've finally gotten into a, a space where I understand it enough. I've learned enough, and I'm looking forward to sharing that with you. So. As, uh, as we wrap up uh, episode seven, I want to thank you for being here. And I look forward to seeing you all next week and uh, sharing the next evolution of my home-based business entrepreneur. And again, uh, once Facebook comes back up, you can uh, find us there at Until You Win. Uh, that's uh, facebook.com at Until You Win. I'm on so on. Instagram and uh, LinkedIn. You can find me at the Charles Wood. And uh, if you want to email us, email us at untilyouwin at gmail.com. And I look forward to talking to you all soon. Have a great one. Bye.